It really is time to uplevel women's healthcare. So join the natal naturopath in disrupting the mainstream medical paradigm through real chats and expert talks. We want to empower women in their health to help educate you so you aren't left dismissed and confused about your body. We know a lot about women's bodies and we've got you. Join me, Melanie, weekly on this podcast for practical health tips, naturopathic insight, unlearning of outdated medical advice, motherhood musings, along with longer episodes with health leaders in their own fields. Hello and welcome to episode three of my podcast. Oh, so I'm actually coming to you with a two-week break between episodes, which I had swore I was not going to do. I really committed to recording weekly and I'm coming to you from the other side of COVID. So I could not record last week. I was so unwell and that actually leads me into this episode. So, you know, the last two weeks have been an actual nightmare for me. I am someone that really hates being sick. I guess everyone is, right? But I get super, super anxious. I feel out of control. I don't like it when my body doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And I think because I have so much knowledge about health, I feel like I need to have it figured out. And when my body wasn't responding the way I thought it would to COVID, I was getting super distressed thinking, hang on, I know all these things. I'm super healthy. There was almost a bit of a health arrogance about it. I was thinking I shouldn't feel like this. I thought I had my health down pat. Why am I responding like this? Uh, I thought I had a little bit more immune resilience than I actually did. So COVID in itself wasn't too bad. The actual, you know, symptoms, I mean, it felt like I had the flu. So that wasn't great. It was actually the after symptoms of fatigue and exhaustion, weakness, um, dizziness, vertigo, that really put me on my ass. Um, Never experienced fatigue like that, except for when I had chronic fatigue. So I actually had glandular fever in grade three and it resulted in chronic fatigue for about three to four months. And that was so horrific, especially to go through that as a child. Um, But that is how I felt the last two weeks. So I really couldn't even walk from my bedroom to the kitchen without feeling out of breath, like I needed to sit down. Um, I couldn't do what I needed to do with the girls, which was really, really distressing. And, you know, it made them even more clingy. Like they were so clingy on me all week when I was unwell and that made recovery super, super hard. I was angry. I was yelling. I was parenting in all the wrong ways because I wasn't feeling my best. So my cup was literally negative 50%. And so, you know, they copped the brunt of that, I guess, which was horrible, but I couldn't function. And I wanted more rest. And of course I wasn't getting it. And, you know, at one point I was so fatigued and then I, I, the girls, the twins, they actually had RSV at the same time. So they didn't get COVID. Willow got COVID. So Willow was unwell with me. Then the twins had a really severe cough. And, um, you know, at one point in the week, I was on my fourth wake up. It was 3am and I'd already gotten up to the twins four times and I just burst into tears. And I was like, this is too hard for me. I can't do this. And of course, 
who else is going to do it? Like I have to do it. And that's a really horrible feeling, isn't it? As a mother, you're like in this prison at times where I felt like I was being tortured. Literally, I was exhausted. I felt so unwell. I had zero patience. And anyway, got through it as I always do. My sister actually said to me, Melanie, you have a hundred percent success rate of getting through each and every day. You will be able to get through this as well. You have never failed, you know, in getting through something, which was really a nice pep up. Um, but I took all the things. So I was really diligent on my remedies, even though at one point I was like, are these even working? I am day eight and I still feel like death. But then day nine came and that's when I really turned a corner. And then all of a sudden I felt 100% normal and I feel so good now. So I just can't believe the quick turnaround from feeling like death on day seven, for example, to day nine, I felt totally normal again. Um, I was so diligent on everything, you know, my zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, NAC. I was taking, I think it's called black seed oil as well. Um, some Chinese herbs. I was taking echinacea. What else? I think that was it. Oh, and quercetin. So I was taking like a quercetin powder and I had severe nausea because I was taking so many remedies every single day. Um, but surely they did something. Hey, anyway, so this health scare of mine with how fatigued I was really gave me a wake up call. Our health is actually everything. Honestly, without our health, what do we have? That's what I learned. What do I have if I don't have a good functioning body? I can't parent. I can't be a great mother. The house was falling to bits. I wasn't able to work. So our income, you know, is reliant on my health, obviously. Everything, everything is reliant on my health. And that leads me into this episode of putting your health at the forefront of your mind and realizing it is the most precious commodity you have, you know, it is everything. And so the point of what I'm going to talk about is stop putting off those tests that you feel are niggling at the back of your mind or those things that you think you should be doing and you just can't be bothered or you can't find the time. This is your reminder to go and do the thing you need to do. That might be booking in with a GP to talk about a symptom that's really bothersome. Might be booking in that that referral that the GP gave you, which we're like, I don't think I really need to do it. Go and do it. Your health is worth it. Um, you might need to book in an investigation, like an ultrasound that you have the referral sitting in your closet for, and you just thought, oh, the symptoms sort of aren't that bad, so I'm not going to bother. Um, just getting on top of things, you know, even with the girls, for example, I really wanted to take Hunter to a chiropractor because I, I know her emotional resilience is super low. And I wondered maybe would a chiropractor help with her nerve inputs, I'm sorry, her spine and her neck and all the, the inputs into her nervous system anyway. And I just kept putting it off. I was like, oh, you know, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And then I just realized it's never going to get done. And so I had a day where I sat down and I booked everything. I booked dental appointments and checkups for me and the girls because we haven't had, well, Willow had never had a clean before. She'd had a check, but never a clean. The twins have never been to the dentist before. I hadn't had a clean and a checkup for ages. And I realized if I then got a toothache and needed something really serious, how I'd be kicking myself that I didn't do that checkup five months before because preventative care is obviously cheaper and easier. 
So this episode is all about reminding you to do those preventative things so that you are not then left a year later in a really bad health state that normally costs you a bomb and the taxing toll it takes on your emotional life and your, you know, your ability to function and um, everything like that. So, you know, not too long ago, I actually went through some health investigations myself because ever since I've had the twins, I've noticed my weighing habits. So urinating is way different than it was before them. And so I just put it down to the fact that my pelvic floor isn't as good, obviously, because I carried seven kilos of baby, but a, it started to get quite irritating. So I'm going to the toilet all the time and I'm passing only tiny bits of wee, but I was feeling really busting or at night I'm waking up twice in the night to do a wee instead of once. Um, I felt like I was starting to get wee anxiety. So I really needed to go to the toilet before going out or before going to sleep because I was worried about the feeling of feeling busting. Um, so anyway, this was something and something that, you know, could be so easily put to the back burner and it actually was put to the back burner for the last three years. But last year it got quite bad. And so I did go to the GP then and this GP was super dismissive and just said, well, um, it's just because you've had your twins. And I said, yeah, but how do I know if I don't have like a longstanding UTI, which I knew it probably wasn't, but I thought, oh gosh, I just want to do a urinary sample so that it's ticked off. So she ran a urinary sample um, and it was fine. However, that was it from her. And so I just accepted it. And then that was it. I didn't really think of it again until more recently when I felt like it was just becoming such a joke. I was like, I'm sick of this. So I booked in with a different GP, a new one. And, uh, I also had some mid cycle spotting, which is really unusual for me. So it was day eight, nine, and 10. I actually had red to brown spotting. Again, never has happened to me before. And my period had finished on day four. So it was really like I'd had, you know, it had good four or five days of zero bleeding. Then at ovulation time, that's when I had spotting. And I know as a naturopath what that could be. So I was like, okay, it's probably my hormones are out and things have been stressful for me. It's just coming out in my hormones. So that made sense to me. But if you do Google mid-cycle spotting, it doesn't come up with anything nice. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll be kicking myself if it's something sinister. I've got my urinary habits have changed. They've seemed to, they seem to be worse than they were last year. Um, If you Google that again, it doesn't look good. Now, a friend of mine from high school actually passed away at 26 years old from ovarian cancer. And I know the symptoms that she had and, you know, ovarian cancer symptoms are really, I think I would say broad and random and they might just be really niggly. And then, you know, you haven't really got anything clear happening that would really be a red flag. So, you know, bloating, needing to pass urine a lot, um, a lack of appetite, weight loss, a change in your bowel habits. Um, and so I was like, oh my God, okay, I've got mid-cycle bloating, um, mid-cycle spotting, which is endometrial cancer, according to Google. I've got, I'm weighing all the time, that points to ovarian cancer and I, my health anxiety took over and I was like, you know what, I'm bloody going to the GP and I'm getting this sorted once and for all. 
And this doctor was so beautiful, so empathetic and super thorough, like the most thorough doctor I've ever met. And she was like, yeah, no, we should really investigate this and let's do all the testing. So she booked me in for, she did another UTI um, sample. She did a pregnancy test. She wanted to do a, uh, what was it? A renal ultrasound on my kidneys and bladder and a pelvic ultrasound on my ovaries and uterus. And so these ultrasounds had to be done on different days. So of course I could have put them off really easily, couldn't I? Because it's just a drainer. I had to drink all this water beforehand. I had to book in the renal ultrasound on one day. And then because of Medicare, you weren't allowed to go for another two more days to get the next ultrasound. And so I had to find a babysitter for both of those times because, you know, I need my children not to be there when I'm having these scans done. And, you know, Scott works full time. Um, so things can be easily put off because of, you know, mum life and being busy and work. And when I call the clinic, they only have particular spots that don't fit in with my schedule. And I can see how easy it would have been for me to be like, you know what, oh, just not right now. I'll, I'll book it. I'll book it soon. I'll call you back. But I was like, no, if I have something going on, I want to know now so that it's fixed quicker. And that's what drove me to book them. So I booked the spots, sorted out Scott having the girls and I did the testing and I was so anxious because I thought to myself, oh my God, what happens if I'm told I have cancer? You know, that's a fear of everyone. It's cancer. I think it hits one in two people now, like how frightening, And I thought, oh my God, you know, you start to read into symptoms, you start to think things are worse than they are. And I'm someone that's always had health anxiety and my health anxiety actually has gotten so much worse since being a naturopath because I see more, I know more and know how wrong the body can go. So I was really freaking out. Um, Nonetheless, got to do the testing, don't you? Oh, and she also did a pap smear as well. So the pap smear... I'd had a colposcopy in January because I always have low grade changes on my pap smears. So I have a colposcopy done every few years. It's just routine, I suppose. Again, a colposcopy is a drainer. I have to go to the Mercy Hospital in Heidelberg, can't take my kids. You have to allow two hours. You might get a biopsy taken, which kind of hurts and it's annoying. So that's another test that I sometimes could be known to put off, but had one in January. They actually took a biopsy and it was totally fine. So ticked that one off. My cervix is all good, but she wanted to run another pap smear and that came back with low grade changes again. And I said, yeah, but you know, I had a colposcopy in January. She said, I don't, I don't think it matters. You've got mid cycle spotting. So you've got a new symptom. You should get it checked again, the cervix. So, okay. That's another thing I've got booked in for September now, another colposcopy. However, Back to the ultrasounds, you know, the ultrasound technician never tells you what they find because I didn't go to like a doctor. It was just SEMI clinic. So the technician isn't allowed to tell me anything. So I was fucking freaking out. And so I had to drink all this water. She measured my bladder. I had to go to the toilet to pass urine. And then they measure how much is left over in your bladder to see whether you're passing your urine properly. And it was, it was all fine. So what a relief. I was so anxious. I had my heart was racing before the doctor called me. And I actually was like so convinced I had something really wrong, like without a doubt. 
And I thought to myself, oh my God, you know, if they tell me I'm fine, I'm going to be so relieved. I, I'm never going to complain again about my life. And it was all fine, obviously. Thank God. But how glad I am. I know my ovaries are clear. My endometrial lining is fine. My bladder is fine. My kidneys are working really well. So it's just a relief, you know, However, in saying that, I did want to know why am I passing urine so often and why do I have these issues? However, I knew that I needed to book in with a pelvic physiotherapist anyway, regardless of what came up. So that's my next port of call. So I've booked in with my um, pelvic floor physiotherapist that I saw when I was pregnant with the twins. So I'm going to sort this bladder issue out with her. And the GP actually reiterated that to me. She was like, okay, we we found nothing. So I would suggest you go to a physio to see what your pelvic floor is doing. In all of this as well, I said to her in a passing comment, you know, when I, um, I was talking about the twins and how there were seven kilos and my God, you know, the toll that took on my body. And I said, um, my core has never felt the same. And then I said, you know, when I do sit-ups or Pilates, my stomach forms a cone shape. So imagine my stomach's obviously not flat, but it literally becomes like a hard kind of pointed mountain, if that makes sense, when I'm doing a sit-up or I'm doing the plank. And I said to her, I want I wonder why that is. And the GP was like, okay, well, let me see if you have any um, abdominal separation remaining from the pregnancy. Lo and behold, I have a two centimeter gap still, which was a bit of a surprise because I thought it was totally fine. Um, So she said, well, anything over four centimeter, we refer for surgery you're at two centimeters. So you don't really fit the criteria. However, if it's causing you pain, um, da, 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 we, I can certainly refer you on to a surgeon if you do want to get their opinion. And I'm like, no way. I, oh my God, like I have a phobia of needles guys. The thought of surgery on my stomach makes me want to gag. So I said, no, 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 gosh, I would way rather try to fix this without surgery. And she said, yep, absolutely. Well then talk to the physiotherapist about that. Um, I do think you need to go for your bladder, talk to her about that too. So I was like, oh, amazing. I can get that sorted too. And how simple is that? You know, just sorting out the things and, you know, calling the practitioner and just putting myself first. So now I'm going to get my bladder sorted, hopefully my pelvic floor and my abdominal separation, which I didn't even know I had. Um, I now know I need another colposcopy and the doctor also um, gave me just like a routine blood test slip to get my iron levels and check, uh, things checked as well, which was really helpful because I think it's good to get that checked once a year as a, as a bleeding female, I, know that I'm at risk of iron deficiency because I get my period every month. So I haven't actually got that done. So maybe this podcast episode can be my shove to go get my blood test done as well. But, you know, if you have any symptoms that are bothering you, please today make a call, go to the practitioner that you need to go to, whether it's your neck's bothering you and you need to go to a chiro or an osteo, whether you have um, bruising up and down your legs and it doesn't really bother you, but you know it's not right book the GP appointment, book the blood test. Um, If you feel like you've been putting on weight recently with no answer, book the damn appointment because you might find your thyroid isn't functioning well. And how much easier will your life be when you fix the issue? You know, we've got to think of the rewards that we're going to reap from sorting out our health. When I'm functioning at my best, my family is. I'm literally, I don't want to say the glue of the family, but I'm the, I'm going to say I'm the everything to the family. When I'm not functioning, no one is going well. Like the house falls to crap. 
um, when I'm not functioning well, my, my relationship with Scott plummets because I'm grumpy, I'm irritable, intimacy drops, our communication style goes really petty and then the kids aren't functioning. They're not happy. When I'm not happy, they're not happy. They need me to be at my best. They are borrowing my mood. They are borrowing my regulation and my reactions to things as well. Um, you know, organization, meal, meals go down. Somehow when I'm not functioning, we're eating worse. <laughs> I guess it comes down to the fact that I'm the main housekeeper and, you know, I run the house. Scott works full time. I don't, although I kind of feel like I actually do, but I don't away from the house. So I have way more hours to spend sorting the home out, the kids, the admin, you know, all of the things that Scott can't do because he's at an actual work location that's not home. So if you're feeling more tired recently, please book the GP appointment. Don't give up. Even if they try to dismiss you, say, no, what can we do about this? Because I'm not happy. I don't want to live like this. I don't feel like it's normal. Um, I think fatigue would be the number one thing people come to my clinic to get help with. It's the number one symptom quite literally. And so it's something that people put up with for years before seeking help. Everyone I say, you know, how long have you felt like this? Oh God, I don't even remember when, or it was hours ago. Um, sorry, not hours ago. It was months ago. I don't remember when it started, but I've been feeling like this for so long. And I don't know anyone that's tired that also has a good mood and a good coping ability. So then that stuff drops as well. So you don't feel as happy. You're not coping. Things are dropping down. Um, so fatigue, if you're tired and you're listening to this episode and you feel like you want more energy, go and get a blood test. Please just get it done. I know blood tests are draining because often they're fasting. So, you know, you have to find the morning when you can go and get it done straight away before it's too late. So I get it. Just get it done, please. This is your reminder now. If you have a pesky symptom, if you feel like it's not right, like you're getting headaches a lot or like me, you are weighing a lot or you feel really bloated or your bowels have changed, it doesn't take much time to get an ultrasound. It's free through Medicare. So please get it checked because if something is actually really wrong, days and weeks do count. Not to scare anyone, but bad things happen to our health all the time, you know, and it's not far-fetched to say that someone on this podcast listening will have something scary happen with their body. And it just means if you've gotten it looked at earlier, you have more chances of things, you know, coming back better. And early treatment obviously is always more successful. So stop putting off those pesky tests. That is my message for you today. All right. So thank you so much for listening today. And I hope to be back next Friday and I surely will be because I'm feeling so much better. But if you're in COVID right now, like I was last week, hang in there, take your supplements, rest if you can, even though everyone was saying to me rest. And I was like, okay, how am I supposed to rest when I've got these kids at me? Hammer and tong, please you tell me how I'm supposed to rest because I don't feel rested. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Now, please share this with a friend or family member. Maybe someone in your family has been complaining about a certain thing that you know they need to get checked and they just aren't. Send this podcast episode to them and maybe it will be the kick up the bum. Have a nice day. Bye. One.